Okay, friends, good evening. Hey, <clears throat> I have missed you. Have you missed me? Uh, I apologize. It's been, uh, it's been wild out here. Um, that's not an excuse. You know, shlichus is a job is a job, so I apologize. Um, let's try to make this happen one day at a time. I'd like to say committing. I'll be here every day from now on. I hope so. I'd like to be. Um, I recognize it's important. And I uh, really want to finish the stories. We're very close. And I think that's important. Fine. So, <coughs> where were we? Gosh. Uh, the two birds. What are we? The, the two countries that are far away. The Chochmas and Nagina. Um, this is the bent, bent, naked. Bettler. We're talking about the guy with the bent neck, so that's the third Bettler, right? And he has these birds, and they're very far from each other, and he can throw his voice, right? Rebbe Nachman discovers, or invents beatboxing, as it were. And uh, unfortunately, last time when we were here, which was quite a while ago, I stopped just before the very end of the story, so it's very jarring. I'm just going to kind of go through it. I'm not going to go over the whole story. It was so long ago. Um... Just going to finish the story. <coughs> Who would uh, believe this? Such a thing that he could throw his voice the way he does. Right? Remember, he he uh, <coughs> the two birds they missed each other and they're wailing and everyone's crying, and he throws his voice so the birds come towards each other slowly, slowly. <coughs> Who would believe such a thing? And he brings the birds into into a certain forest. And it sounded like someone was opening a door. And it sounded as if. And it sounded as if. First, it sounds like there's a door opening, and then it go. He comes back and he closes the door and locks it with a bolt, which is called a klamka. And they, they heard the sound of the smacking of the bolt shutting in. And it showed, or he showed, with, with uh, guns, which are called bix. Right? <coughs> right, these are all the sounds that he could do. <coughs> right, before this, we were talking about different... Sounds. Ever made these different sounds, or maybe he made these sounds. I don't recall. I'm not going to go back right now. I just want to move through it. Um, <clears throat> so I apologize. There's a dog to attack at the Devarshaya More, or maybe it's actually happening. There's a, a door being opened and closed, and a gun being shot, and a dog attacking. It sounds like Hadganya. The dog was. Okay, mitchabet, uh, I think, means prostrated. The dog kind of bends down, flattens himself, and he drags himself inside the snow. Okay. And all the chachamim heard all of these things going on. They looked, but they did not see. They didn't see nothing. They didn't hear from him. Okay, 
<clears throat> right, so the, the, the betler with the bent neck is kind of standing there next to him, not making any noise, but they hear all these sounds over there. Uh, sending his voice out. And they heard the voices. And they, they, they saw, he can make all these noises. And send them where he wants to go. He can also send his voices. And he can fix everything with the birds. And parentheses, this is uh, Rabbi Nassim telling us I, I think um, a note about Rav Nachman, a, bi- a biographical note, or what do you want to call it? It says Velosi Periote didn't tell any more about this, about this Inyan, and we understood that he that he skipped from here. And then it says Nimsa Shishli Haskamam Eoso Medina Shikoli Niflamod. So you see, I have agreement um, that uh from this country that my voice is very beautiful very wondrous indeed i can do all kinds of voices in the world and now i give this to you as a complete gift to be expounded that you should be like me and he was there a great joy and festivity, much, very much, a lot. Happy, 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 joy, joy. Um, I might have commented on this uh, earlier, which was, you know, at this point, like, forever ago, a month and a half ago, two months ago, when I was last doing this. Right, the idea that, right, all of these beggars, of course, are different uh, sort of part Sufim, sort of aspects of Rav Nachman's, um, you know, greatness, essence, whatever, and the idea that he's making all of these noises happen, even though he, the noises are happening physically far from where he is, and he doesn't look or sound like he's making any noises, um, I think is a perfect uh, description of what's happening now, where you have Rev Nachman is physically in the ground uh, somewhere in Uman in the Ukraine, but he's making noises all over the world, right? They're talking about Rav Nachman in Florida. They're talking about Rav Nachman in Israel. They're talking about Rav Nachman in California. They're talking about Rav Nachman in New York. They're talking about Rav Nachman in London and Brussels and South Africa and Australia, right? <coughs> um, right. So that's that's what we see. That's what we see. Fine. So he's got a, he's got a skama and everything's great. Fine, going on. Oh, so this was that was the, excuse me, that was the fourth story. Now the fifth story it says Also on the fifth day, remember where to shabbat brachas by a wedding with these two yisaimim. On the fifth day, they were also very happy. givent and they remembered the hunchback beggar. Wouldn't I love to have this hiker here? They said. They missed him so much. Ki'im hayahu b'chan. If only he were so. If only he were here. Shucks. Haisa simcha g'dolamod. It would be an even greater party. Wouldn't that be fun? V'hine huba v'amar hineni. Pitom he shows up. He says, here I am. Hine basi alachas and I came to your wedding. V'nafal alehem v'chibek v'nishek And he fell upon them and he hugged them and he kissed them. V'amar lehem and he said to them, 
Initially, I gave you a bracha right when you were lost in the forest. I gave you a bracha that you should be like me. But now I give you as a gift to expound um, that you should be like me. And I'm not a Baal Chat. I don't have a hunchback at all. Rather, the opposite is true. I have shoulders which are wonderful, which are called plates. I know there's a better word than agreement, but I, I have agreement on this. Fine. So, <clears throat> so here comes the bent, the bent back at beggar, right? So, and it says his shoulders are bechina of muat machazik et ha meruba. So I'm going to tell an interesting story. I think it's interesting anyway. And um, about that phrase, hameat hamachazik et meruba, which literally means the little which holds or sustains a lot, right? Uh, or a little which holds the lot, ha meruba, ha meruba. Okay. So, <clears throat> I have been on Harbias now, what, three times? Three times. And the first time I went, a um, number of years ago, I forget when it was, before Corona, I believe, maybe 2018, 2019. Um, and, um, and when I got up there, there's a point when you're walking around and you're really like, when you first go the the dome of the rock where the Kodesh Kodashim was uh, is is kind of is to your left and it's kind of elevated on these steps above you and then as you go around when you come around the other side you change levels so that you're kind of face to face with uh, f- ground level looking right into the dome of the rock and it's really powerful um, and um I remember looking at and thinking, this is Hameat Hamechazik et Right? I don't know what that meant. Meaning I'll keep reading in the story and you'll see there's no there's no obvious references that I can tell to Harabias. Obviously they're oblique, as you'll see in a second, but there's nothing that specifically says Harabias in this story. And and I was trying to talk to I had a a, a client in my um, my day job who was a, a Rosh Hashiva, very sweet guy, and we were schmoozing as I was at his house working. And um, <clears throat> and I was trying to tell him about this experience I had on Harabayas. And I said, I looked at the Dome of the Rock, and I thought, and I'm not sure why I was explaining to him something from Rabbi Nachman's stories, because why would he care? But And he says, oh, of course, that's what it says. And he quotes, you know, in Masechet so-and-so, Rabban so you know, Rav so-and-so, Says that Harabayas, so the base of Mikdash is the Me'at and Mechazikat And I was blown away um, that somehow, right, I'm not saying I had any kind of, you know, I wasn't having like Ruach HaKodesh or anything. I think that <clears throat> the idea of the, what the essence of Me'at and Mechazikat why Harabayas is called that, and this isn't a Gomorrah shear, so I'm not going to open up the Gomorrah and check it out. I also don't know even where it is to look it up. So I'm not going to make that effort right now. Maybe, you know, 
DM me. I don't know. What do we do? Um, but anyway, but so so there's something very stark here about Harbais and the base of Migdash, whatever it is. Um, that's that's the the Kotera, That's the title I'm going to give to this to this story as we get into it, right? So this is somehow connected to Harbais and the base Hamigdash. Going on, he's got a Haskam on this. It says Ki Pamechad Sicha there was one time that people were talking and telling how they were about these people who were um, uh, priding themselves on this aspect. Right? There's a bunch of people getting together and bragging and <coughs> talking talking um about themselves, that they all had this level of mu'at, little machzik, which holds the miruba, the the alat. Umechad mehem hayu mechayichim v'sochakim imenu. And when one of them would laugh about this, v'hashar sh'itparu v'china zo shal mu'at mechzik et miruba, nitkablu divrehem. And one of them would Mechayech, smile, v'sochakim imenu, and laugh from this, and the rest would hitpa'er, hitpa'aru, priding themselves, fluffing themselves up from this aspect of mu'at machazik et and their words were received. I have no idea what's going on. Aval b'chinas mu'at machazik et merubah However, this aspect of little that holds the lot that I have is greater than all of theirs. Ki achad me'anal, because one of these people is sitting around and and bragging, this guy says his brain is a little that holds a lot. Because this one guy, he was carrying around in his head thousands and and multitudes of people with all the things they needed, and all the actions, all the ways they acted, and all the, their existence, their happenings, uh, all their experiences, and their movements, all of it, that these are two funny words next to each other. Hakol, everything. Ka'asher, like that. Lakol, to everything. Who knows that he carries in his head? I'm not sure what those three words are doing. Valken hu muat machazik et Therefore, he's the little that holds a lot. <coughs> he's like J.R.R. Token. Ki mocho no se kol his mind. He's got all these people. Vesachakumi manu, and they're all, and they all, everyone laughed at him. Vemru ki hanashim enam klum. But everyone said, "Oh, these people—they're nothing. They're—they're they're sitting in these. Are, they're playing the dozens. They're saying your mama jokes. But who ain't no gloom? You ain't nothing." He says. Not only are these people in your head not that all oh, you have people in your head, George R. R. Martin. Um, you know, what do you, what do you uh, Wagner with your ring cycle? You got twenty-four hours worth of story to tell. You ain't nothing, Wagner. Right. 
I think it's interesting, right, we see with all of the stories of the beggars, they all start with a bunch of people that are trying to compete over one particular midah attribute, right? And this one is good, and this one is better, and that one's even better. And they're all, they're all you know, pretty, pretty accomplished at these very obscure, you know, m- music and throwing your voice and... You know, the little the holds a lot, etc. If the guy generally has thousands of people in his head, you know, if he's got, you know, he's like, you know, what is it, Tolstoy or one of these, you know, Russian, uh, what book was I reading? I was reading a book by James Clavell, um, Noble House, which I enjoyed, but I was just like, there's too many characters. I remember the book's like 1,400 pages. I think uh, I think I got, I don't know, 100 pages in. I was like, I can't do this, right? So it's not nothing, Right. If you can keep all of the different, you know, I don't know, all of Shakespeare's plays, and I don't know if Shakespeare ever like knew the whole thing about Pet, but whatever. Uh, uh, <clears throat> fine. So all these people are competing, and then the butler shows up, and he's like, "Ut ut, let me show you. Not only can you not do like a slightly more challenging version of what you can do, I can do something that's." you know, a hundred times greater than anything that you, you know, than the limits of what you can't get to, right? And I think that this is, um, this is something where there's people trying to take Torah for their own kavod, right? Because what happens, the, the betler always comes in, and first he's like, he like brags with them, but then he's like, oh, and not only can I not just like, you know, juggle really well, but I can use my juggling prowesses <clears throat> to save this country from this, you know, this strange problem they're dealing with, right? So so false tzaddikim, false rabbis, are going to show you how great they are so that you'll think they're awesome. Whereas when you clo- come close to to a real rabbi, which is to say the tzaddik emers, or someone who's truly um, close to a tzaddik, someone who's truly close to a, a real tzaddik, um, right, they're going to show you that they can do something better than you, perhaps, but they're going to show you mainly how that they can use their power for good to help people, to save people, right? It's not about the tzaddik is, it doesn't want kavod for himself, right? Rabbi Nachman's very clear, you have to run from kavod, right? Um, so that's a good sign. Anyone who who gets up and says that that he or she uh, represents Torah and then proceeds to talk about themselves, um, uh, you should, you should, you know, find, find a different rabbi, uh, find someone who's going to talk about God, find someone who's going to talk about the Torah, um, and not someone who's just going to meet the and brag about how great they are. So fine. Anyway, so this is the first mat machazik, the little that holds the lot. It's I don't know why it's so hard for me to say that phrase. Muat machazik et hamerubah. It's a lot of mems in there. <clears throat> Fine. V'na'ana echad v'amar. So another one answered and said, Ani ra'iti muat machazik et hamerubah. Because I saw one like this, a little that holds the lot like this. Kipa machas ra'isi har shayamunach alav harbezev avtinuv. Right. One time I saw a mountain which had placed upon it all kinds of garbage and filth. I was so shy. It was such an innovation to me. From where came all of this mountain full of all this garbage? Right? This is Staten Island. 
Rabbeinu was invented Staten Island. And there's a person on that mountain. And he said, This is all my garbage. This one person sitting on this mountain. He just shoved it, throwing all of his garbage and waste and everything. He's dumping his, his chamber pot out there. Made it disgusting. Until he got to a place where the Zevel the Built, got got to be so much, and the pollution got to be so much on this mountain. Nimsa, we find This person is a little bit, which holds a lot. Because he made so much garbage. This is also the little, which this is a parenthetical note. So too, is this the aspect of the little, which holds a lot, of the aforementioned person who was bragging Shaitzbeir in his mind that he held many people. So, so somehow, I don't know why, Rabbi Nussan here is, is, is emphasizing that we we have two two people claiming that they're a little which holds a lot, which seem very different. One is, right, this guy who knows the entire you know the entire catalog of friends Balpe, right. Um, or, and how that's really nothing. But then the other guy, he says he sees someone who lives on a mountain and <clears throat> just dumps his garbage everywhere, and so the mountain is full of his, his trash. That this is the same thing. This is the same thing. So, so the little that holds a lot, right, is Rubenu saying that a person who holds stories in their head, just useless facts about people, maybe they're real, maybe they're not, that's just garbage. Is Rabbeinu comment, making commentary on 20th century and 21st century pop culture from beyond the grave? That everything that's in our heads is pure garbage? Right? Have you ever sat at a Shabbos table and heard someone say, or maybe you said it, oh, did you see that show? Oh, it's like that movie. Remember on that show when this happened? Right? We keep all these stories in our head, all these, these people's lives that don't exist and it's garbage we're hanging on to garbage I don't know maybe I'm wrong and another guy's bragging that he had this aspect of little that holds a lot because he had pieces of a country which produced uh, a lot of fruit, a very fruitful part of the country, right? <clears throat> he had some land in Napa Valley, or uh, Champagne. Afterwards, and afterwards, when he would calculate the fruits, 
which come from this country. Right? The country does not have enough room for all the fruits. It doesn't hold as much space as the fruits do. Right? Because there's just not enough space to, to maintain all these fruits. This is the aspect of the little which holds the lot. And it was good in his eyes. And it was good in someone's eyes. I don't know who. Maybe, maybe I guess the the third person. He actually had So, so when the peirot are physically greater than the land they're grown from, that is a real definition of Um that sounds like my children, right? I'm, uh, you know, I'm like a normal dude from, you know, America, went to public school my whole life, et cetera, et cetera, Balchuva, college, whatever. I'm a tradesman, you know, I'm nothing special. Um, but my kids are like real, like, Eretz Israel people. Like, they're, they're the, the way they live, I, it's it's like they're not. You couldn't even say like they're from, right? They're just like Judeans. They're they're like from Eretz Israel. It's like a different thing, right? Um, and maybe this is specifically you know, uh, specifically talking about being in Eretz Israel, the fruit of Eretz Israel, right? The Torah of Eretz Israel. What is the perot? The perot is the fruits. The the perot is is the is the is the meisim tovim. Right, it's the children, right? It's the next generation, right? Um, that that real vote is Hashem when you come to Eretz Israel, when you really get involved in in learning Torah, right? Peirot is is the Meisim Tovim is the Peirot of the Torah, right? That the Meisim Tovim, right? What does it say? Hamaisa is the Iker, Lo Halimud Haikar El something like that. Um, that when a, when a person is really learning Torah, right, you read one line of Torah, it says, you're supposed to say Shema Yisrael. Oh, so twice a day, three times a day, you say Shema Yisrael for the rest of your life on that one, on that one halacha, that one mitzvah, Shkoyach, right? Uh, and, and, um, this is indeed Mu'at Machazi Ketemurubah, right? The little bit that holds a lot. Ve'achad amar she'ishli pardes niflamod. And one guy said, I have a wondrous garden. Shiesham perot, that there is fruit there. And many people go there. Many, many people go there and sraros, like governments or ministers. Kihu pardes naemot, it's a beautiful orchard. And in the summer, many people go travel there and there's all kinds of... Um, high-class individuals that can be seen there. You know, what is it, Martha's Vineyard, this is the Who's Who, this is the Hamptons. Right? But the truth is, in this garden, there's not enough people, there's not enough room to hold all the people that live there, that all the people that are there. And therefore, it is a little that holds a lot. And his words were also, Found to be good. So what's pardes? Pardes, I think, is a uh, pardes agav. It means orchard. Sounds like it's a, a word of Greek 
um, derived from Greek. Ends with the Samech. It's not a Hebrew thing. It's not an Aramaic thing. Um, words in Hebrew end with like Mem or Taf. Words in Aramaic end with Aleph. Um, words in Greek end with a Samech. I mean, that's not every word, obviously. You know what I mean. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I mean. Fine. Um, Pardes is Pshat, Remez, Drash, and Sod. It's the four levels of learning Torah, right? This is the, the entering into the Pardes, right? The Torah learning is described as a, as a garden, as a beautiful orchard, right? And the four levels of learning Torah, Pshat, Pei, Pshat, the simple meaning of, of Torah, Remez, the hints within the Torah, Dalad, Drush, the, the, the homilies or explanations, in the Torah, and Samech is sowed the secrets within the Torah. Okay? And in this, there's a wonderful part ace, right? Learning Torah, learning Torah on all these four levels is Niflamot, and indeed it is. Right? Shiesham Pera, there are fruits there. Right? When a person can learn the Torah on all these levels, right? So, there will be fruits that one will learn Right, how to how to have positive mycin, how to have positive effects on the world, and many people go, many people go there, many many people, and also important people, right? There's a lot of people that are learning Torah because it's a beautiful thing, and in the kites they go there, and in truth, in this garden, there's not enough room to hold all the people that are there. Therefore, it see it is a little that holds a lot, right? What did we do for two thousand years, right? We lived for two thousand years. Uh, in some pretty, pretty tough times, right? We saw wars, we saw famines, we saw brutality, we saw death, we saw disease, we saw abuse, we saw, you know, and not because we're special, just be or because if you, you know, everyone experienced that. We just happened to keep sticking around long enough to, you know, to always uh, be involved in uh, not every moment all the time everywhere in the world, but. Lamaisa, what kept us, what kept us, what kept us, what kept Adon Israel going through that time? It was our adherence to the Torah, right? It seems like if you crowd inside the Torah, there isn't that much room. It seems like you're just sitting in, in front of a book and you're telling stories or you're learning, you know, halachas and you're arguing in Aramaic about, you know, you know, what what kind of, you know, parchment you use to 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 write the scroll that you have to dip in the water to give the woman who's suspected by her husband when she's tested at the temple. I mean, what does this have to do with life in, you know, year 1200 Baghdad or something? I don't know. But we went into the Torah and the Torah fed us and the Torah kept us safe and there was room for us. There was always room for us in the Torah. So that's this muat machazik Um and that is thirty minutes. Wow, that's so good. I miss doing this. I'm sorry, everyone. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Let's do this. Let's do this again tomorrow. Can we do that? I hope so. Let's do this again tomorrow. All right, my friends. So I'm gonna pause it here. Um, good to be back. God to be back. And Bezrat Hashem, uh, one day at a time, we will make our way through the story. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed and have a wonderful evening.